1: Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show, presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. I'm Michael Rockless, along with my co-host, Mike Popper. Again, past Will's bedtime. He's not here with us. But instead, we have a Who's That? Who's That? segment with Ryan Toms. We're going to talk some World Series recap with him. We have a loaded show this week. Make sure you listen to this at one5 times speed. Hit it! Right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. I'm shooting hoops to the
0: Super Bowl. First,
1: we don't care. Who knows? All right, so we got a really good show. We're excited to uh, give it, so let's get going with our read option. Mike, what do you got? I got you a, a, your favorite The Ringer
0: article. The you know, Bill Simmons action. A little Bill. No, it's, it's Kevin O'Connor. But it's his website. Close enough. Um, as you know, I'm a LeBron fan, if you ever read my bio on the website. Um, and this article is about why LeBron should be more concerned about the Cavs. And kind of gets into whether the defense has gotten worse and you know, is the offense really going to be able to save the defense? Um, you know, kind of talking about Tyron Lue and how awful of a coach he is. Good read about, you know, is LeBron's
1: reign in the East going to come to an end? I, I don't know. It's looking really iffy um, at this point. It's really hard to say you want to count LeBron James out. I never uh, will. But. Yeah, you never will. And, and, I mean, it's early in the season. He's kind of shown over the last several years, even dating back to Miami, that he doesn't really care if they get the one seed in the regular season. That They don't need that to go through the Eastern Conference. Um, but, I mean, this is a really alarming start. They've lost, you know, three games in a row by 15-plus points. Right? Listen to these
0: losses. Yeah, three in a row by 15 points. You're right. But the fourth loss was to Delo. Not playing on the net. Yeah, and I a see the Bulls, was, uh, they
1: beat the Bulls by seven. I yeah. mean, this is not Got a blown out by the
0: Magic. They're one, in, they're one in five in their last six games with four blowouts by 20 points.
1: And they're all, I mean, these are not, they're not playing the Warriors. They're not playing, you know, the Rockets, the Thunder. They're playing, you know, the Pels, the, uh, the Knicks, the Pacers. I mean, these are not teams that should be beating them. Um. So it's kind of alarming, and now Tristan Thompson's injured. Um, He wasn't doing much anyway. But but, I mean, Wade Wade hasn't has been pretty ineffective. Got moved to the bench. I mean, this is kind of alarming. You'd like to think that they're going to figure this out, but I mean, we're looking at a a challenger, a new challenger in the East. Maybe the Wizards. Who Who knows? Celtics are playing well. Celtics are playing well. No Gordon Hayward, obviously. Um, Still playing well. But either way, it doesn't. I mean, if the Cavs don't turn it around, which like you know that's not unfeasible. I'm still betting on them. You know to win the East, but we can get a bad final, so we it this would be is, a sweep. It would
0: yeah. be a, I, it looks like it's going to be a sweep. Um, Warriors haven't looked that good either, though.
1: Yeah, you know what? Early in the season, it's hard to cast anyone off. Um, I think a lot of these guys they they don't hit their groove till later on, and you know, even. The regular season, like it just is not that important. So you can give up some games, you can give up the one seed if you're Cleveland, and it's really not going to affect you at the end of the day. You just have to make sure that you're playing your best basketball in right. April. And right now, you don't even see the signs of that with them. They can't play defense. Well, I mean, the scariest thing is that you know they're going to get it back, and their defense is going to get worse. Right. It only goes down.
0: With so him. you know we'll wait and see. But what do you got for me this week?
1: Yeah, so my read option is something that is not yet in existence yet, but it's going to be a great series. How, uh, ha- how have you read it then? I haven't read it. It's I'm I'm sharing it with with the listeners. Uh, so on the SBS website, sportsbusinessuva.org, dot uh, org, starting I believe the end of this upcoming week, we are going to be releasing daily just about um, a series post on the candidates for the NL MVP and just posting on why this player should win. So uh, we have Ryan, who's going to be on with us later. Uh, he's one of the people co-heading uh, this, this initiative, I guess, or this series. So uh, to make it sound all professional. Yeah, but it's going to be great. So we have all the, you know, there's going to be three finalists that get announced coming up. Um, And there's a bunch of really good candidates for the National League. Uh, We saw that as the best race, you know, between the Cy Youngs and the MVPs. The NL MVP is the most contested one. So we're really excited to get um, all the candidates, um, you know, viewpoints and why they should win out there.
0: Yeah, well, um, since I haven't read the article, I can't really... The articles, sorry. I can't really comment on it. But, you know, everybody knows I'm the guru of baseball picks. Astros Astros win. Astros win. We'll get to that. Um, Mike... Tell me who's in the running,
1: and I'll make a pick. Maybe Ryan's a little bit better suited to do this. Um, I know the the best options, uh, Ryan can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Stanton's got to be your number one. Bryce Harper would have been in
2: there, uh, but he got injured. Um, Who else are we looking at? Arenado. Charlie Blackman of the Rockies. uh, Joey Votto of the Reds. He uh, is getting a lot of support from the sabermetric community. And also Paul Goldschmidt, the Diamondbacks, is getting a lot of support because he had good numbers and his team made the playoffs. Yeah,
1: so if I had to narrow it down to three, I'd go Goldschmidt. um, Definitely... Giancarlo Stanton team to make the playoffs and then probably uh, a Nolan Arenado. Alright, so because uh, I don't trust you, I'm gonna go with Joey Votto to win that uh <laughs> <laughs> You're not even gonna take one of my nope. three guys. Yeah, if someone who's not on Book the, it. If someone who's not on a playoff team wins it, it's gotta be Giancarlo Stanton in my opinion. But we'll see, so make sure All you- the Reds didn't make the playoffs. Well, neither did the Marlins, but the Reds weren't even close to the playoffs. Um so yeah, so we'll Still, Joey Vile played well all season. I watched him every game. Yeah, so we'll be getting that out there. Make sure you catch up with those and uh see see who uh, our writers think uh, has the have the best chance to uh to win the MVP. All right. Mike, give me your drop it. Drop the mic for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sad we're recording this on a Thursday. We're getting this out. This is initial
0: reaction, guys. Yeah,
1: this is a probably a, first part of emergency. You yeah, that has this reaction. On Emergency it. Deshaun Watson injury podcast. We're gonna get this out Thursday night. Um, I'm I'm heartbroken. This is a terrible. You hate, you hate to see it in practice. I mean, come on, a, on the uh, so, grass field. I heard. So for those that have not heard Deshaun Watson in practice today, today's Thursday, tours ACL is out Thursday, for the November season. 2nd. Yep, he's out for the season. Um, it's heartbreaking. I mean, I'm not a Texans fan, but I prediction at the beginning of the year was Deshaun Watson was this year's Dak. Sadly, sadly. I'm gonna to have to call that prediction wrong now. It's wrong now, Dak healthy, But I mean, it's that prediction. I think I underestimated the guy. Oh, I mean, he was I, better than this year. He, so he was, was better, better than better Dak than last Dak. year. Um, you know, the Texans were also my pick to go to the AFC Championship game. Obviously, not gonna happen now uh, with Tom Savage. That opens the door for me, but but you hate to see it. Somebody playing so well, so electric.
0: Good Just young guy. Good young guy. Part of that
1: QB young crop. Right. with Your you know your Dax and your Carson. And Wentzes. you pray that you know.
0: Somebody mobile like him is able to get back to the form that he usually plays at. You're praying that he doesn't turn it into an RG3.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's really sad. I feel terrible for, for him. I feel terrible for the Texans. Now, you know, Houston has the best night in sports. The, the, oh, the, I didn't even think the, about that. Just the history of their you know their baseball franchise last night, and then they kind of have the, uh, the sobering Watson news that kind of counteracts that.
0: They lose J.J. Watt for the season. Whitney Merciless for the season, and now Deshaun
1: Watson and Chris Paul's
0: out for a month. Oh, even Chris Paul's out for a month.
1: At least they have James Harden, and they will forever have the 2017 Astros. But, Immortalized. Um, yeah. So that, and you know, we'll get to this later when we talk about the trade deadline. But trade deadline's over. They can't go out and get you know, call whoever you want um, that could have been available. Brian Hoyer, maybe who yeah. ended up getting released. Um, just a heartbreaking injury. So I feel, like, I Tony feel Brown bad about. Comes back from the booth. That was my original landing spot for Romo was, was the Texans. Texans. Right, Texans. But now they don't have the defense, so. Right, so they stink now. Yeah, so right. it's over. All right, Mike, what's your drop to Mike for yeah. me? Speaking of stinking, I smell poop, Mike. It's UK <laughs> footballs in the, uh, in the room. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> we had it. It's right there. You just have to be BC. You have to beat Pitt. One of them. No. No. Not, awesome. even, not even not even close.
1: Not even close. Not even close. How no, did we, how did we trick wrong. ourselves into believing
0: they did it. They did it to us, Mike. They catfished us.
1: They they, they, they lured us in. We were all on more we football schools. Five no, and one we're, we were like we're one, one game away from the top, <laughs> top and now we lose BC at home. BC's a good team, don't get me wrong. Pit on the road's tough to swallow. You're looking at Georgia Tech at home, at Miami, yikes, or at Louisville, yikes. Yikes. Home for Virginia City. Tech. That's a loss. Where? Where is? Where the are we
0: winning? Nowhere. We're I, not going to a bowl. We gotta win this. We're gonna. Week. I think we're this gonna sneak week. in as one of those five, five and seventeen. With good academics. With I good think, academics. Luckily, I. I don't even want to be in
1: a bowl then. I want. We gotta win. One. We're more. not Bronco, going to. Bronco. Come on, man. Bronco. Man. Bronco. Get out of here. No. Get out of no, town. No. 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 We gotta let him get his process, in. this is what we've been talking about all year. No. We, I'm we reacting. We are on the doorstep, and and just. You know, it was it was a clumsy five and one. You know, don't get <laughs> me wrong. We, we we thought we were good. You know, we were talking. Hey, they beat bad teams. Like, what else do you need them to do? Well, I need you to beat <laughs> me, a, a horrendous not team horrendous team to get to six wins. But Man. but you know, we were we were feeling so good. It was like one more. You get next. So, I was so just deeply excited to that be part of a, of a school that had postseason football.
0: Yeah. Postseason football, and now UVA is going to snatch that. Snatch defeat
1: from the jaws of victory. Let's see if uh, the Hoos can come out 3 o'clock or 3.30 start time this week at home. Georgia Tech, this might be the game they have to get. I hope we
0: don't lose by a lot.
1: No, I hope we win.
0: I, I No, no, no. I, let's get a Georgia Georgia Tech's a
1: triple option team, right? Yeah. SM. 500 we beat yards him. Of we rushing. beat him at home too. Five hundred yards of rushing. I, this is it. If you want to go to a bowl game, UVA football, who's make a stand? All right, we're gonna transition and talk about that one heck of a World Series that wrapped up last night. Seven game series, the Houston Astros win their first title in franchise history. I believe they'd been around for fifty five some odd years like that, and they finally break through and win their first one. Uh, so now we're gonna bring on Ryan Tom's for a who's that segment? Who? Who's that? He's a second year in the college. He's one of our lead baseball editors and writers uh, for SBS. So, Ryan, um, just take me through your initial reactions to the World Series, and, and we'll just get a good discussion going from there.
2: <clears throat> so, my first thought on the World Series is, honestly, probably the most entertaining World Series I have watched, other than, I guess you'd say, 2009. No bias, because I'm a Yankees yeah, fan. Yeah, come on, man. But uh, Oh, 20, yeah, who, why don't, who don't you... Who in 2009? Yankees-Phillies.
1: Also, Uh, Ryan, you bring that up. Why don't you tell the readers a little bit about, you know, your background with the Yankees specifically.
2: So starting uh, last February, I applied to write uh, for the New York Yankees for the Bronx Bomber Ball, which is a – blog that was started by a good friend of mine that uh, goes to UNC Business School and is also run by a guy who goes to law school here by the name of Steven Erickson, and the three of us, we run it, and we uh, cover Yankees news, highlights, recaps, previews, series, so if you have any interest in anything Yankees, check it out. We have the best coverage on Twitter and on the internet.
1: Yeah, what's your Twitter handle?
2: Uh, at Ryan Toms underscore.
1: Or how about the Yankees blog?
2: Bronx Bomber Ball That's it.
1: Okay, cool. All right, so back to the World Series, back to uh, what,
2: what happened over the last couple of weeks. So, <clears throat> the Astros, they are playing with a chip on their shoulder, and let's be real, like I said, I'm a Yankees fan, and watching them beat the Yankees in Game 6 and 7 when they had a 3-2 lead, I, when they took that series, I wanted the Dodgers to win, but I knew the Astros, they're a team of destiny, they were, nothing was going to stop them, even when they were up 3-2 and then lost to Pivotal Game 6 to make force a Game 7, there was nothing that was going to stop them from winning the World Series. I predicted that.
0: Okay, um... We wanted to talk a little bit about you know the bullpen usage and a little controversy there, and we kind of saw bullpens coming in really early throughout the whole World Series. What did you guys think about that? Was that a good strategy? Did you like the way that that was happening? Do you think that's a trend going forward?
2: I think so. I think teams are. The teams that are making the World Series are built on super bullpens. If you notice, the teams that made it to the playoffs and made it to the World Series had successful bullpens, albeit Houston's bullpen was, uh, they struggled a little bit in the championship series and division series, but they ended up pulling it out uh, in the World Series. So I definitely think that the starting pitchers were important, i.e., I, Justin Verlander going deep into games and uh, <clears throat> Lance McCullers dominating his first start. But the bullpens, I think, are the key to success in the World Series.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was just extremely interesting. This has been a something that's kind of been ever changing since the Royals um, back in 2014 and 15. The really interesting move to me was in games. Uh, I guess it was two and six with Rich Hill. So Rich Hill, um, not known as a guy who goes super deep into games, but both of those games had given up one run. I think they were losing to Verlander early in both of those games, but he gave up the one run. Low on his pitch count, generally pitching very effectively. Uh, but Dave Roberts just, he took him out. That was part of the plan, uh, for Rich Hill. And he came out, I think in the fifth inning of both of those games. Um, and that really signaled just how reliant, you know, they were going to be on their bullpen. And for the Dodgers specifically, it was, it was a detriment. I mean, they found out, and this always happens in the playoffs is you find out who are the guys you can trust and can't trust. And I, I don't know, by the end of the series, I don't know if the Dodgers trusted just about anyone out there. Brandon Morrow got absolutely, in every single game, got absolutely shelled uh, that game, uh, game five in Houston, which was that really great uh, walk-off 13-12. to 12. But even Kenley got battered around a lot. All of those guys ended up getting hit, and I think that was, you know, a byproduct of them coming into games so often and so early. I mean, yeah, so do you
0: think that, like, reliever loses kind of his stuff in his – Pizzazz when he's appearing in every game and, and and batters can you know kind of see
1: that every game as as the series goes on. I think the big thing for Moro was just pitching every game. You know, there's only the two days off in between games two and three and games um, five and six. For game five, it was his third day in a row, and he'd pitched you know the two days before the off day. I mean, he's just tired. I, I don't know what you think, but. Uh, He was gassed, and it showed he got absolutely shelled when he came in in Game 5, and that cost him the game in the World Series.
2: Yeah, I'm going to start with what you said about Rich Hill. So Rich Hill is mainly a two-pitch pitcher. He has a sweeping curveball, and then the fastball, which he uses just to supplement it. But when he gets through the lineup for the second or third time, and you've seen that curveball, because that's the staple pitch in his arsenal, hitters definitely start to pick up on that. So I think that's was Dave Roberts' thinking of taking him out early, because if you look at his stats also, he's much better first and second time through the lineup. So I think that's where Dave Roberts went with that. That uh, bullpen usage, if you think about it like this, Mike, that um, Brandon Morrow, like you said, pitched in every single game. So hitters were almost seeing more at-bats off of a relief pitcher than they had seen off of starting pitchers, which is, I think, one of the reasons why the managers in this World Series tended to go towards starting pitchers in big spots rather than the relievers they used for 162 games over the course of the season.
1: I think that's a great point. I mean, We saw Charlie Morton was the guy who shut it down for four innings at the end of uh of last night's game, but even Moro, once he had that day off, um, I know he came into a really high leverage situation in game six and shut it down. Um, and then in game seven, he was fine. I don't think he, he didn't give up any of the runs. Starfish gave up all of them. Um, but no, I mean, you know, they just wore down that bullpen. They're bringing guys in super early. Um, And that, you know, I think that that hurt him at the end of the day. It's kind of an interesting thing. And then, like you said with the Astros, they won game seven of the ALCS with McCullers getting him four innings. And they won game seven of the World Series with Morton, both starters, getting him four innings to close out those games. So really interesting stuff there.
0: Yeah, so talking about, you know, hurting themselves. Darvish is is better than Kershaw, and that's why he got the the starting game seven. Is that what happened? He's not better than Kershaw. He's not better than Kershaw. So So why'd he start?
1: So, Ryan, you want to... Hear me out on before we dive into why okay. did he start or not. The Houston Astros, they won the World Series because at the trade deadline, July 31st, they decided to be losers and not go after you, Darvish. The Dodgers were the, the winner, so to speak, of mm-hmm. that decision. And then the Astros, of course, later on out of Erlander, who gets them to the World Series, didn't win them game in the World Series, saved the bullpen a little bit. But Darvish was really the reason why... The Astros, you know, they won games games three and seven with Darvish not even getting through two innings. Um, Before we even talk about the decision to start him over Kershaw, I mean, how crazy is that?
2: Yeah, like, Justin Verlander was acquired by the Astros literally a minute before the August 31st uh, waiver deadline, and the fact that the what turned teams off at the July trade deadline was the fact that he kind of had a marginal start to the season. His contract was a long-term, and it was going to cost whatever team acquired him a lot of money, along with decent prospects, so the Dodgers went for more towards the rental aspect and getting Darvish, and Darvish had had a pretty solid season up to that point. And which... he was pitching really well with the Dodgers since they got him. Exactly, and like you said I don't think the Astros won the World Series never I don't think they make it to the World Series without Justin Verlander no he opinion. won them the Yankees series he I did mean, he, I mean he won the MVP for a yeah. reason <laughs> yeah definitely.
1: yeah and then so going back to Mike's original question and I said this last night I mean how did they if they were willing to use Clayton Kershaw he ended up pitching um what like three or four
2: innings, Was four, it? innings yep. four innings how come this guy isn't starting I mean how that is a crazy decision So, honestly, I'm with you. It makes no sense to me. So, the plan for Dave Roberts, if you, Darvish, was for him to give three or four solid innings and then build a bridge to Kershaw or Jansen. So, my opinion is that he struggled really bad in the first inning, which, like you said, he probably shouldn't have been there. It should have been Kershaw starting it, but nevertheless, he shouldn't have even went out for that second inning. It should have been Kershaw pitching that second inning, and... I don't understand that if Dave Roberts' original plan was to only have Darvish pitch three or four innings, and Kershaw went four innings last night, why didn't he just start? It yeah. makes absolutely no sense to me.
1: I think that's what cost him the uh, the World Series right there. Um, I remember just saying, you know, watching the game, that when Kershaw came in, I mean, it was 5-0 at that point. I'm like, Kershaw's going to be lights out, and one of my friends, who's not a huge baseball fan, he asked me, you know, he said, um, how many, how long can Kershaw go? And I'm like, I think Kershaw could go the distance. It's not going to matter. And that's exactly what happened. Um, it's just an interesting decision. Like the thing for me, and you know, I've said this: is if you're gonna put Kershaw in there, and I think if he was pitching that well, he could have gone deeper into the game. I, they took him out for a pinch hitter ultimately. Mm-hmm. If you were willing to throw him, just just start him, give him his chance. I mean, I know it was only two days rest, but the dude was ready. He's pitching lights out last night. I mean, that that's a bad. I mean, that that really hurt him. So I saw a tweet from from Sam Hankey, the tank master of the Seventy Sixers, says.
0: I love it when a plan comes together, and uh, it has a picture of the two thousand fourteen Sports Illustrated now coveted Sports Illustrated cover, where it predicted the Astros to win this World Series. So, kind of talking about you know the full circle of the Astros tank and how it came together. If you guys could elaborate on that, whether you think that's you know the plan going forward for other teams, are they going to follow this blueprint of what the Astros have done, or do you think it's just you know the Astros did it better than anybody else could, and it's going to be only a one time
1: thing? Yeah. Before we dive into that, I do want to proudly say that I read that article. Back in 2014, did you agree with it? Probably. you were gonna say yes. Um. Uh, uh, well, no, no. That's that's an unfair uh, thing to say. I I don't remember specifically how I felt about it. I think at that point, and this is why it's such a like amazing article to look back on. To that point, they really didn't. I don't even know if they had Correa. They might have just drafted him. But it really was like very, very early stages, and they really didn't have any talent seemingly in the pipeline. I mean, Altuve was there for a lot of those teams, but like Altuve wasn't a special player until, you know, maybe right after that. Um, But I just remember reading it, and it's just amazing to see it come to fruition. I've always been a tank guy, uh, whether the Nationals have done it to some success, the Phillies are in the midst of it now, the Astros, obviously, and the Royals won a World Series off of it, essentially, too. The Astros, your latest example of it. I mean, Ryan. Following this team, as I know baseball fans have since they really started to bottom out once they transitioned to the American League. I mean, how amazing is it to see them come from where they were, losing 100 games three years in a row or four years in a row, to to this, where they're legitimately the best team in baseball.
2: It's crazy, Mike, because the Astros were the laughing stock of the league. Uh, Bud Selig, the former commissioner, moved them to the American League in order to get 15 teams in each league, and at that time they weren't a very good team anyways, and they were put into an AOS division with the Rangers and uh, and the the Angels, and like you said, they lost 100 to 110 games three years in a row. They were the laughing stock. They stood no chance, but then uh, they came under new ownership, focused on an analytical approach into building a team from the ground up, which is what was their plan to get to this point and that's what they did they had to suffer three or four years of pitiful baseball in order to get where they were they got first round picks they got Correa they got Bregman Springer Springer who they, won the World Series MVP yeah and then what they did was the guys like Mark Apel who didn't, didn't pan, pan out it. they traded him for their closer Ken Johnson.
1: how about Brady Aiken though guy they didn't even sign him because I mean they blew Mike mm-hmm. to people that don't follow um, baseball as much two of those first overall picks they completely blew. Those guys never even played in the pros for them, and it still worked out. I mean, just an amazing run by the Astros. Am I got anything else to say about you know just in general the World Series greatness?
0: Is this the, is we kind of let off with this? But is was this the best World Series you've ever seen? Better than last year.
2: Oh, but uh, Game 7 last year really uh, has a special place in my heart because of the Rajah Davis home run and the Chapman blowing the lead and then the rain delay and Jason Hayward yelling at his team, getting them back together. That has a special place in my heart. But as a series, this is probably the best World Series I've ever watched in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I This one last year, both really good. Um, and I know four baseball games stand out in my mind um, as the four best baseball games I've seen in my entire life when you factor in the magnitude. Game six of two thousand eleven, Cardinals Rangers. David Freeze the hero in that game. Game seven of last year, which we alluded to, and then we got two games from this series: Game two and Game five. Overall series, tremendous, good baseball. All seven games, they were all tight games. Maybe not Game seven, but it was a Game seven. Played well. You know, the game was a was a well played baseball game. Amazing series. Great way for baseball to uh, to finish the year. So really, really happy with how that turned out. And congratulations to the Astros. Yeah. All right, Ryan, thanks for, uh, you got some, one more. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the best world series I've ever watched. The first. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: no, I watched, I watched game seven of, of the, uh, the Cubs, the Cubs world series, but you know, just in general, the quality of the games, um, you appreciated it. I appreciate it. We also it.
1: got you hip to it cause we, I forced you to talk about it for the last like four weeks. Yeah. I'm kind of glad it's over. So, um,
0: <laughs> all right, let's move on to the, to the better sport football, uh, whirlwind okay. whirlwind we're doing whirlwind. something The energy comes back into the room <laughs> as football gets on yeah on. so
1: thank before we transition thank you ryan thank, for coming on for great, coming great on. job thank you uh, for having me guys yeah and so for football this week we're gonna do our nfl recap preview when we go to the all 267 because our main topic as you alluded to is the trade deadline that's that's trade, trade deadline in nfl history probably recently. probably most active trade deadline in nba history nfl NFL, sorry. Yeah, you're getting them mixed up. Oh. It's understandable.
0: Understandable, because it, it felt like an NBA trade. So, so, that's let's, what it was.
1: Yeah, let's start with the, we, we don't have a ton of time here. Let's start with the biggest trade, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo to the 49ers. Best thing that's happened to the Giants this season. Well, here's, I don't disagree, but Kyle Shanahan was quoted as saying he doesn't know if they're going to play him this year. This trade what? wasn't, a, yeah, you didn't see that? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, hey, this trade is, what? it's not about this year. It's about the future. Now, Well, Kyle Shanahan, why don't you come talk to me? Play the man! They, they don't need a quarterback anymore. Yes, they do! Not Well, they don't need to draft one
0: anymore. But they so, s- still got to play him to see if he's worth franchise tagging. Aren't well, they gonna no, so...
1: Him? They're going to make their decision. I think they love the guy. But, no, here's the thing. Okay. So, the trade's about the future
2: for both teams.
1: Really interesting implications. The Patriots, obviously, Bill Belichick didn't want to do this. Held on to Garoppolo for as long as he could until, you know, he was a half a season away from requiring a franchise tag to keep him. Um, And, you know... The Patriots go from the best quarterback situation, Brady, with a great backup in Grapple even down to Brissett before the season, right. to now it's and Hoyers no slots But Brady, forty years old, if he gets injured, I mean, they're, well, you got, got
0: to, you got to think now that, that that Belichick believes Brady can play well into
1: his forties. I you have to think that because Brady was so good. I mean, uh, but um, what are they
0: if they use this pick on a second on a, this second round pick on a quarterback, high round pick, at least. that's that's an interesting. That's who an knows interesting what play. they're
1: gonna do? They've been using their picks last couple years to kind of push for that end of Brady's tenure. You know, they saw them trade first rounder for cooks. Right. Yeah, But so maybe they'll do something similar uh, to that, but you know, transition, I mean, it's just a very interesting trade from that, for them long-term you got to think it indicates Brady's going to stay for a while. And then for the 49ers, I mean, wonder if you, if you believe in Jimmy Garoppolo from, of course he's with the Patriots last year, from what you saw of him in those two and a half games, Everything you hear about him, Patriots guy, you know, he's learned under Tom Brady, you know, one of the best. I mean, if this This guy, this trade is going to be unbelievable for them. And it's not only because now they have Jimmy Garoppolo, but now they have a top five pick that they can use to either get more picks to help Jimmy Garoppolo or get a absolute blue chip player to help Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, they also have the Bears Hall. From, right. from Trubisky. And they also have, um, you know, renowned offensive coach who got Matt Ryan an MVP, looks right. better by the week this year, Kyle Shanahan, and he likes Garoppolo. He had him as his number two quarterback going into that draft behind, Derek Carr, who those were the two best guys from that draft. I mean, or maybe Garoppolo, but I mean, an absolute steal of a I trade love, for I mean, them. John Lynch
0: and, has looked great as yeah, a GM so far. Yeah, and, and you know, he's doing a great
1: job. And the amazing thing, you know, from their perspective is just – if this guy pans out i mean you got franchise quarterback the easy i mean and that's huge and they've invested in the d line for the past couple of years this guy's had a good game Re- against the eagles reuben
0: foster you know might have slipped arguably the one of the best linebackers in the in the draft if not the best fell because of some character issues but that team you know that they, they could be working their way back you know to to the bottled days of of you know 49ers football
1: that that everybody likes to see but let's move on now Let's two. talk about the two NFC teams that made big moves. The two contenders the, the in the The two NFC. contenders. Okay. Well, let's
0: let's talk about, you know, No Knees over here that got traded. <laughs> from, from the Dolphins to the Eagles. And, and if you don't know, No Knees is Jay Ajayi. Um, what, what do you think as an Eagles fan?
1: Yeah, so I, I woke up to the news on, I guess it was Tuesday morning. And obviously, if you're an Eagles fan, it's a very exciting trade. You trade basically what amounts to four you know, is a fourth round pick. Conditional to move up. Um to a third. No, it's their no, no, it's the second of their three fourth round picks. So which I, I was I thought it was it's the second of the three. Hmm. That that part doesn't really matter. That wasn't the details. Right. Um but it's an exciting trade. They don't give up much for the guy. He's young, twenty four years old. He has some locker room potential issues, some knee issues. No, he has lots of knee issues. Well the Eagles doctors checked him out. They've had a pretty good history. He's Cheap, less than a million dollars for this half season and next season. Really exciting move. Skeptical about in-season trades and the effect that they have. But if you're the Eagles and you're looking at just from a complete team standpoint, you obviously lose the offensive tackle with, and Peters, which really hurts. But run, a three-down running back when Sproles went out, someone who can catch passes and block, is what they didn't have. And this J is just a talented guy. It's a really great trade. And the amazing thing is, if you're an Eagles fan, you traded Sam Bradford for Derek Barnett and J.
0: Oh, the Sam Bradford trade, it was just unbelievable. This is the fruit of the labor. Considering what Garoppolo went for. Right. That's even that's, more that's amazing. What, that's what just is
1: mind-boggling. I don't know if, if J.J. is as much of a receiving threat as he did. Not he that he's is. a receiving threat. He did catch 100 passes at Boise State. So he, the Dolphins didn't use I, him that way. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. He had he had a couple really good games last
0: year. Um, Three games kind of made up like 10 half is yards half, half, yeah. 10, 10 15 probably 20 yeah. 30% of his yards.
1: And I'm not crazy. I, I don't, don't think
0: he, I don't think he's going to be you know a game changer, but I think, you know, for a team that that arguably looks the scariest in the league and probably has the an easier the easiest path to the to the, to the, to the Super Bowl, it's a move you like to see them make. And it's and you know, Harry Roseman has been a good a great GM in these trades. kind of, you know, getting players for cheap, giving up players. When for, they're young, for, too. When they're,
1: he's, he's doing well. I'd like to see the trade happen. You, I don't know if Eagles fans are going to notice this as much, but Tim Jernigan, trade moved up in the third round to pick up Tim Jernigan, which is an absolute steal. Trade a third-round pick in, half, in a full season of Jordan Matthews for Darby, who hasn't played but is going to be really good when he comes back in a couple weeks. And then you trade a fourth-round pick for a Jai, who's 24. I mean, all those guys are like 25 or less. So really good move for them. Um, does it put him over the top. It, it may or may not, but I, it's an exciting trade. You love to see what the Eagles do. The real part about this trade, that really makes you feel good. Get to December, you get to January where the Eagles will be playing. You have two bruising backs down your throats that are going to wear down defenses. Let's transition now to the other NFC contending team, or at least the one that gives the Eagles the biggest threat. Uh, more if you want to throw that the other way around. I think Seahawks way around, make a big move. Dwayne Brown. It. I love it. You love it because now the Eagles aren't st- the favorites anymore. Stamping
0: a, of approval from Mike Popper on this trade. You you love to see, you know, I don't know who the Seahawks GM is. But Schneider. Schneider?
1: Schneider. Schneider.
0: Schneider goes out. You know, he picks out Dwayne Brown. Hefty now. Price, second round pick plus a
1: player. Oh, Jeremy, he he, Jeremy Lane's not even in the deal. Oh, he's not even. So they ended up trading a third, right? Did they uh, up to a third? I fifth. think they up the third and the Texans turn a fifth. Right. Something, like Some, something, something weird,
0: but I mean, think about Russell Wilson now. He's got a solid, He's solid, a, solid, solid left tackle. Now their left tackle is better than the Eagles' left tackle, exactly. And and you know they, their offense has been clicking lately. Their defense hasn't. You know they let up thirty five to to, you know. Sean sorry, Watson. sorry about this, but Deshaun Watson. Um, but you like to see the defense, you know, get back into form, and when it does with the addition of Dwayne Brown on the offense, that's a scary 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 team.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's a team
0: you don't want to face in 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 January cuz they're always playing their best football.
1: Player. They always are, and even you know beginning of the season we had talked about how bad their line looked and how much that was could be a problem for them. Huge upgrade there. Um, you know Dwayne Brown's an older player, but no reason that he he isn't going to be really good right. for them and I think that just Solidifies, you know, their weakest spot. It um, makes them a really good team if he fits in well. The only
0: thing is, is he. It will take him a little while to get up to speed. That's seven, okay. Seven week
1: holdout. So, yeah, but so he played really well against Seattle yeah. last week in Seattle, and then right. he came back to Houston and flew right back to Seattle. But no, that's a great trade for them. God, God I hope he's got an American Airlines uh, frequent frequent racking up his yeah. miles. Yeah, um, but that's you know, Seattle's looking good. I, I think the Eagles and the Seahawks are on a crash course for each other. Wherever, wherever stadium that one will be played, those look uh, like the that, two that, teams. That
0: game in early December is going to be really big.
1: It could be really big because I, I just don't know about the Vikings and the Saints. Um, even the Falcons, I don't know uh, about them. And Dallas without Zeke, potentially. Good. Um, I, I think it's the Eagles and the Seahawks are easily the cream of the crop out in the uh, in the NFC. So big moves for both of those teams. Um, a little other trade fodder. You had Calvin Benjamin go to the I Bills. I love it. Nothing I too significant it. there. And then of Oh, course, too significant? I'm not I'm Taylor
0: now has a, a big target to throw to. About Jordan Matthews and Zay Jones. They're not big, big, big target to throw to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, the Bills look good, man. Those look like a playoff team. Sean McDermott obviously coached yeah. the defense for Carolina the last right. several years. so He's, he's, he's going to use
0: them better than Mike Shula.
1: Yeah, so he's getting his Carolina guys there. And then, of course, the hysterical Cleveland Browns. And bungled the bungled the uh, AJ McCarron oh, trade. They are which, lucky. Was which bungled. funny enough, you know, they were the Browns were going to trade more for AJ McCarron McCarron than the 49ers traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. You're, I mean, Cleveland they, Browns. Hugh they, Jackson, everyone, Hugh Cleveland Jackson Browns. came
0: out and said, "I am relieved that this trade didn't go through."
1: Yeah. So that, there's there's so much
0: disconnect between the top and the bottom. The Browns, I had some hope for them this
1: season i think they clean house honestly i think they don't i think they don't have a choice but to do that all right so that is gonna wrap it up for our two main segments uh for this week we're gonna go into our all 267 recap we got big news uh- oh i went 11 and two this past week to mike's seven and six on the season we are tied at 68 and 50. how you feeling oh it's a rough one it's rough i picked up four games i like the way Never that thought sounds that would happen we Never- didn't yeah,
0: never thought I would. You know, I would be. I would be back on the level of being tied with with Mike. Um, it's kind of like a stake through the heart. But, but, you you bet your bottom dollar I'll be back out there next week. Eleven and two, stamp
1: it. I I don't
0: even know. Well, what there, n-
1: n- no, there's thirteen games. Five, you're you're 11, perfect two. yeah. I'm in trouble because my, you know, my my champion quarterback's out. <laughs> my semifinalist in the AFC quarterback as of today out. Um, so I'm a little. I, I got some damage goods out there for my teams. I'm looking ahead to this week, Week Nine, the Eagles' last game before the bye week. Great opportunity to go eight and one into their bye week. Yeah, you got be to be careful
0: though. Brock, Brock Lobster coming
1: mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Um, I'm excited.
0: He's I, gonna have a good game. I feel you know. You, you like to see the guy just light it up. He's got weapons. Emmanuel Sanders should be back. That D line taking on the depleted. It's not depleted. depleted it's one guy. The depleted
1: down. Philadelphia Eagles O line. I don't know. I smell we, upset. We got some horrific primetime games this week. Don't oh, even bother. Right. You got Buffalo at the Jets tonight, Oakland at Miami on Sunday night, and then Monday night is Green Bay at, or Detroit at Green Bay, no Aaron Rodgers. That's bad, but 4.30 game this week. Romo returns to Dallas announcing his first Cowboys game. Chiefs at the it. Cowboys. I think looking at the schedule, that's your best game of the week. That's got to be the best game of the week. And, but unfortunately, no – well, depends who you are. But no Zeke Elliott. That'll ruin the watching experience a little bit. But nah, I mean, he I'm not overly so. complaining about him if he does end up getting that suspension upheld. I think we find that out tomorrow. Yeah, um, they're, they're, they're ruling on it tomorrow, I think. Yeah, real quick, got a worse pick for us this week, Mike. I know for one um, – I don't really have one. I have the Jets beating the Bills. I don't hate it. Yeah, I have the I, Giants beating the Rams. I also don't hate it.
0: I, I I would probably go with my worst pick if I had to choose when I like all of them. Um, you know, just probably Giants at Rams. Rams at Giants. I just don't really, you know, Jackrabbit's out. Um, girly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You I have just, the Broncos yeah, beating that, that, the Eagles, but that that's, that's, of, know, a, that, that's that's a better pick.
0: That kind of lack of you know ability to
1: reason kind of shows why I don't I don't really have any you know, bad picks this, this week. Yeah. Um, good luck with the Broncos against the Eagles. Um, that'll do it for us this week. Um, thanks for listening guys.
0: Right like Spin like your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any
2: way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at Shopify.com records. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club.